Welcome to Family Features, a podcast for anyone who wants to experience healthy relationships within their family. This is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and I'm honored to come alongside you to encourage, educate, and equip you as we focus on the different relationships that make us family. Let's get started and focus on today's feature. Hey there, this is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and today I wanted to talk to you about um, whether marriage counseling works or not. There's a lot of interesting statistics and research and data out there, um, and anecdotally, stories. Um, How many of you maybe have tried counseling or therapy or talking to someone, and it has not worked? Um, It has actually maybe even made things worse. One of the, um, I guess, mistakes that I hear a lot of people uh, suggest, if you will, is if your marriage is struggling, go to a marriage conference. And what I've actually found is that's probably the worst place you want to go to because there they're all happy and talking about good things. And if you're miserable, it just emphasizes the misery and the couple leaves and then goes and divorces. <clears throat> marriage uh, conferences and speaking like those kind of places are more for a couple who's um, doing really well or doing good and wants to get to a different level of, of great, of wonderful. So I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not a, a hesitant to suggest that um, usually. And so some of the couples I worked with were, I remember one family, the, the couple, um, the parents bought some tickets to some uh, weekend to remember or something. And it was, I gave them that kind of this caution. And so that when they went, they actually had lowered their expectations and really enjoyed the weekend, uh, which is different. Okay, so the effectiveness or ineffectiveness of most marital counseling. That's what we want to kind of look at today. Under the best conditions, and so using these parameters, that is a highly skilled and experienced counselor who follows a manual that describes an effective marriage counseling protocol. So with that person, counselors have traditionally not been successful at helping troubled couples avoid divorce. That's depressing. In my own counseling practice, 20 plus years, it's amazing how many times... I've seen failure. So we're going to look at that. Also, it's beautiful how many times I've seen success. And as I mentioned in previous videos, it's interesting to see some of the most troubled marriages who are struggling with the biggest things have the most hope. And it seems to be the ones that have these little tiny things that they just won't let go of, that they won't let go of, which ends up leading to divorce. It's it's this little stuff that really consumes and and takes over, and I think Satan has a heyday with that. So, <clears throat> from Consumer Reports, in a survey of consumers found that of all the problems for which people seek counseling, marriage counseling and addictions had the least successful outcomes. Oh, this is not getting any better. This is getting worse. Uh, this is not encouraging at all. <clears throat> Only about 50% of the clients who seek professional counseling for their troubled marriages emerge with well-functioning marriages that last over three years half again this does not get us excited about going and seeking help so where does that leave us if i'm stuck if i'm struggling um it leaves you alone it leaves you um not really sure where to turn um you're supposed to wing it there's a bunch of good marriage books out there so do that maybe take a class at church but we tend to be stuck and this is again this is depressing this is not encouraging for counselors who are not experienced, well-trained, or skilled, the outcomes are worse, though. So this is, when I think of my first few years of counseling practice, um, God bless the people that trusted me <clears throat> as you begin, if you're a counselor in training, as you begin. Remember who your teacher is. 
Yes, you went to school, you did all that. But your teacher is your client. They're, you're learning from them and they're guiding you through where they're at. And you're learning um, from their mistakes and their choices. And this is the, the data that helps you become a better helper. But in the end, and this is the hardest part sometimes, you're not the one saving a marriage or fixing a marriage as a helper. They have to do the work. So why does this tend to fail? They tend to not be wanting to do the work. But I want to turn that around a little bit. That's still on us as a helper that we need to learn how to help better, how to um, engage with where a couple's at and meet them where they're at. So the goal of strengthening marriages and preventing divorce is difficult for any approach to achieve. And this is also where our culture has shifted to where it's all evidence-based, evidence-based, evidence-based. But the other kind of types of research surrounding this have also said evidence-based isn't really all it's cracked up to be. What's more uh, effective and more um, powerful is who the helper is. As many times you can go to a pastor who has the best heart in the world and they are a better helper, zero training, than a person who has all this training but the couple just doesn't connect with that helper. And so who you go to really matters and the connection you have with that person really matters. So is this goal even appropriate for marriage counseling? Professional marital counseling is different from these different relationships. And so I want to show you that difference. So lay or friendship helping, pastor-provided counseling within a congregational context, and professional pastoral counseling. And the major difference is the couple's goals. When a couple walks in to see a different type of person, they tend to have a different place in their head and heart as to what they're expecting from um, that, that person. So here's kind of a, let me give that example. When a couple seeks help, um, they do so with a, within a context, which implies specific expectations. From a friend or lay counselor, couples expect understanding, support, and perhaps uncomplicated advice. It's permission. There's a certain permission there that you don't have permission to talk to me like fill in the blank. <clears throat> but from a pastor, couples expect Christian-oriented advice and counsel. They tend to expect something from the Bible and something that's guiding them in a certain way. And so we need to also help um, meet those expectations and even teach those expectations, if you will. And then from a professional counselor, whether explicitly Christian or not, couples primarily seek aid with the presenting problem. There's a different expectation. So this video here is also one one uh, purpose is for you to kind of check yourself as to what's your expectation and maybe this even will guide where you'll go for help um, but also just for you to think through um, almost more getting it out of your unconscious and in your conscious to think through um, your expectations when you walk in to seek help from someone it's different sitting there talking to a buddy or something or a best friend or a girlfriend it's that's very different than your pastor or sitting down with a counselor or a coach. The professional counselor is obligated within the bounds of morality and ethics to embrace as his or her number one priority to help strengthen the couple's marriage, if that's what they want. This is where it gets messy. Under different hats, other kinds of hats, there can be different goals or, or you can guide a little more so. But under the license of a professional counselor, their job is to help you with whatever you want help in. It's less, it's way less about the agenda of that helper and way more about where that person's at. Which that should also 
challenge you as to what you're, who you go seek advice from and, and the different kind of people. So listen to this. What is your reaction to this statement? I want you to think through this. An explicitly Christian counselor might hold a secondary goal of strengthening the partner's faith or promoting more spiritual intimacy. However, clients who pay for professional marital counseling have a right to expect that the professional counselor's first goal concerns promoting stronger, less disturbed marriages unless an explicit agreement is made to prioritize other goals ahead of that goal. So who you go seek advice from or or direction from or counsel from matters and the expectation you have for that matters as well. If you're seeking kind of that spiritual guidance, that needs to be probably explicitly placed. If you're a helper and you're trying to give that, you need to actually make that explicitly in the paperwork and in the understanding, even in the beginning verbally. Um, But the number one goal for us as a helper is to help strengthen your marriage, to help you get what you want, to help you move forward. and this gets messy. This gets difficult because what if, as the helper, you see something else that needs to be addressed? How do you handle that? How do you manage that? And that will be depending on how, kind of your theoretical orientation and how you help and how you lead. Um, but again, speaking to the helpers out there, make sure you're actually following the the legal, especially, but then also uh, being honest with where you're at with how you're going to lead this this couple. Um, but can you do this in writing? Can you do this verbally? Can you do this kind of holistically where they actually know what to expect from you versus sometimes what I see is this kind of more passive aggressive underhanded and not, I would say not ethical, not legal, and sometimes even not biblical, but also sometimes an emphasis on, no, we're going to stick to just the biblical and we are going to almost bully them into a direction we think they should go. Again, I think a lot of these pieces contribute to what we saw earlier as to the success rate for marriage counseling is pretty low. That does not encourage us. Why? One big reason, you have two people. When two people walk into counseling, not they're not all, both always on the same page and they're not both all in. I've had times where I've spent a year waiting for one of the partners to say I'm all in. And so we're meeting every once in a while, you know, maybe once a month or so, but it's like, are you all in? No. Okay. We can't start yet. We can't help you towards a goal. If you're not all in towards you achieving that goal. And then I remember the the day this person walked in and it's like, are you all in? Yes. Okay. We can begin now, but that's actually then following certain protocols and as the helper, knowing what you're doing and being careful not to run ahead of yourself. Um, And that's one of the things that I see also in trauma work. Oftentimes we want to run ahead of ourselves versus slow down, work at the pace that the client is ready to work at, um, and know your stuff so that you can help them well, not just kind of haphazardly or as you see fit or as they see fit, but in conjunction in a relationship. That's that therapeutic alliance that's important. So I hope this is helpful to you to think through your expectations with different people that you talk to, who you seek advice from, and Yes, it's discouraging that marriage counseling has such a high, low success rate, um, but it really comes down to who you seek advice from and where the where you're at as a as a couple. If you're both all in, and you believe that marriage is something that is sacred and that you're going to fight for what matters, and it's for you and for your kids and for your you know legacy, and I'm going to I'm going to work through this no matter what. 
marriage, marriage counseling and help and coaching can be so successful because they're walking alongside someone who's motivated. If you're not motivated, yeah, different results come from that. And it's a waste of a lot of money in a sense. So I hope you are someone who wants to build a strong marriage, a happy marriage, a healthy marriage. Happy is relative, so careful with that. Joyful marriage that can be full of joy no matter the circumstances. And a marriage where you're best friends and you are journeying together and he's helping her and she's helping him be the best version of themselves. Uh, and they're pointing them each other, themselves, and others to Christ. That's the marriage I want for you. May God bless you, your marriage, your family, and your legacy. Thank you for tuning in to the Family Features Podcast. It has been an honor to serve. Find out more about Dr. Gilbert and his resources for you and your family's growth and success at HealingLives.com. And if you think you could use some support along the way, be sure to book that call at BookDrG.com. And one more thing, if you found this helpful, please share this podcast with others so that we can change the world. 